Ladies and gentlemen, and San Diego City voters all over the county, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Emo Brown, the podcast, brought to you by our wonderful sponsors over at Grasshopper for your medicinal, recreational cannabis needs. Don't forget to pay them a visit at Grasshopper. Three pre-rolls for $12, Barry. Unreal. Unreal. And we are in for a nice, tasty, special episode today. City elections are coming up. There are things going around in our city, day and night, we are unprivy to. And we have somebody here that is running for San Diego mayor as an independent. This person has a vast background in the military, is a police officer. And now he wants to throw his hat in to do what's best for his hood, his community here in San Diego. He'll be running as an independent here in the San Diego city mayor. Ladies and gentlemen, I have Larry Turner with us. Thank you, sir, for coming in, taking time out of your day. We appreciate you. Absolutely. Hey, Barry, you want to turn him on so he can, we can hear him? Jeez. You had one job. You had one job, Barry. Technically, I have three jobs, but that's oh cool. Oh, my God. Larry, now that we can hear right. you, thank you for coming in. We thank appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity. It's an for honor sure. to be here. I love this. Theo Bobby has long been no. Theo Bobby Bobby Tribal of the Tribal Street where fame has been like, hey, man, I have a friend. Larry Turner's the real deal. He goes. He's on the street. He's boots on the pavement going into tents, talking to homeless, unsheltered people, finding out what is at the root of this crisis going on in San Diego. Get him on the podcast. You got to have him tell his story to you guys. You got to give him some love. And I said, say less, man. And I'm happy it was just one text. Yeah. You responded to that text. Oh, yeah. And here we are, man. I couldn't believe it was you. Tell me. Yeah. Big time. <laughs> yeah. <the> Mr. <laughs> Look at me, Mr. Big Time. Tell us a little bit about your upbringing, your background, yeah, sure. and how you ultimately came to become a candidate in the mayor race. Well, that, first off, that was really cool, Bobby. I, I, I dig that guy. He's, uh, you know, for him to speak highly of me. Very that's, highly of you, that's, man. That's quite an honor. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I really like Bobby. So thanks, Bobby. Um, <laughs> yeah, a little bit about me. I, I grew up in California. We moved around a lot. Um, Going into the Marine Corps was actually some stability okay. for me. We, we were uh, going from house to house a lot, six months a year, different addresses growing up. But um, uh, learned a lot about uh, public service from my family. You know, there's a lot of military folks and uh, war veterans and whatnot. So um, you know, I always knew I wanted to do something for the community. And uh, my, my most cool uncle, the, uh, the buffed guy who was the, uh, the coolest of the group telling the stories, was the, uh, the Marine. Oh. Yeah, so... Those big billboards. There was no internet back then, right? The old days. The old yeah, days. The dark ages. So you had that billboard that said 1-800-Marines. And so I finished college and called the number. And they said, oh, you got you got some college? I said, yeah, I got, I got a degree. You got and, some college in you? Yeah. And they said, uh, they said oh, well, you want to be an officer? All right. And I said, well, well tell me about that. It was kind of like being the quarterback on the team. I was like, all right, that's cool. Yeah, sure, I'll be the quarterback on the team. So they sent me to OCS, Officer Candidate School, out in Quantico. Spent a lot of time out there doing training and um, became an officer in the Marine Corps. Uh, worked my way through the Marine Corps for 23 years. A lot of different. 23 years. Yeah, it went by fast, though. Life goes by fast. It sure does. <laughs> that, yeah. I, I didn't really yeah. know how fast it goes until you have kids. I know. Then from one day to the next, they're yeah. like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, kids are that that standard of, like, where you are in, in life and yeah, because you're watching them grow up, and you're like, oh, you man. You don't notice the slow wrinkles on your face. <laughs> yeah, you right. The inches oh, look, them, you got a new right? tooth. Oh, look, this, yeah. a new pair of shoes. Oh, my God, yeah. I have wrinkles all over my face. How did this happen? Yep, yep. So, uh, yeah, started off, and, and uh, right away, you know, platoon commander. I've got 30 Marines under my command, and I'm a young, brand-new 24-year-old. I think I was 23 or 24 at the time. And uh, 
right away leadership 101 you know um making sure these guys are ready for combat making sure um you know they're trained and they're ready and it's their whole life you know that their families are ready and and all that and and everything so we could just take off on a moment uh and go do what the country needs us to do so you know nothing that a lot of other people haven't done before but the thing that uh, i learned right away was that i I work for them you know that i got to get them ready I am their servant. I'm going to make sure I do whatever it takes to to take care of them. Because ultimately, they got to buy into you. Yeah, they have yeah. to buy into your leadership. Yeah, you'll lead, but I mean, it's all cliche. Who's going to follow <laughs> unless you're doing it? You yeah, know? and especially as a brand new you know, mm. second lieutenant, you know, no, it's the brand new kid right out of college. Little pushback initially. Well, as long as you got a good, you know, good uh, staff and a good you know, staff sergeant as your platoon sergeant, you know, to help train you along okay. the way. He's working for you, but if you're smart. You know, you listen to him. You listen exactly what yeah, he's telling you. Yeah. So yeah, you build that trust with them, and and uh, that they know you got their back. And you're going to make mistakes once in a while, but you come clean on it and you learn and, and all that. So that was it. I mean, just learning to take care of them. And so along the way, had many other leadership positions, different company commander spots and whatnot, and uh, deployed all around the world doing different things and uh, Iraq and Afghanistan and doing some stuff in Europe during the Balkans and uh, a lot of time in Korea. But all along the way, you know, always taking that that lesson learned. Accumulating yeah. experience. That too in larger organizations. Uh, and then along the way, I think the skill set that I learned the most was how to pick a good team. And I, I always knew I was not, you know, the, the brightest guy on a lot of the issues. And so I would bring in those people who were, um, you know, on whatever it was, cultural stuff that was going on in Iraq or uh, different other skills in Korea we put together some great teams and we did some awesome stuff and I would get all these accolades and I always say, Hey, you know, it wasn't me. It was all these guys. I kissed, uh, I, you know, I could really tell when someone knows what they're doing and I'd bring them on and, and, and treat them right. And we would, you know, really work well as a team. So team victories. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, last thing I did in the Marine Corps was a big organization. I had about 900 people who were um, in the intelligence field. I had all the different three letter agencies working for me and, oh, wow. and uh, a lot of civilians, a lot of military, some foreign um, ally nations had a uh, law enforcement, FBI, all, all those guys were in this team. And uh, we basically looked at everything in the Pacific theater and, uh, and in India, you know, Indian Ocean area. And you've been inundated with all of these responsibilities from D- day one. Yeah, well, 30 guys in day one. That's, <laughs> that's a lot of people to overlook. That yeah, is a, it was and that's a lot of responsibility. Like, like you said, Larry, you, you took these people on and you were it. You were their guiding light. Obviously, you had to have them buy in. You had to teach them and have yeah. them respect and follow, you know, your command. But that is a lot of responsibility at age 23. And it seems yeah. like it just got bigger and bigger and bigger as your career developed in the Marines. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I never had planned to stay in the Marine Corps for a career. Never did. And uh, they just kept offering me a really good next assignment. You know, so it was always, uh, hey, how would you like to Adrenaline do? driven or what, what was it for you? Yeah. You know, um, just the service and, and doing some things that nobody else was back home. You know, you talk to your friends that are old high school classmates. For sure. And, you know, they're becoming assistant manager of the produce section. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, really, I mean, these are all good jobs to have. But, I mean, it was like their stories just weren't, you know, hey, we went hunting last week. And, um, you know, hey, we went water skiing. You know, whatever it might have been. And I was doing some stuff that, you know, they wouldn't have believed me if I told you them. You probably couldn't even things. talk about the stuff you were doing out there. Yeah, some of it's that way. But, yeah. you know, some of the stories are just people think you, you'd be making them up because they're just kind of that. Uh, unreal to most people especially current day events man it just seems like the current day events and situations we find ourselves in it's like oh my god this is real this is really happening around the world so 23 years in then the next chapter of your life comes yeah so uh always knew i was going to come back to san diego so i was always coming back here on vacation on leave visiting family um usually 
the beaches, the restaurants. I was never going into the bad parts of town, you know, really seeing the change in the city. What are you so, talking about, Larry? There are no yeah, bad parts yeah, of town yeah, in yeah. San Diego. Well, some, <laughs> yeah, well, well. <laughs> some people would have you, you know, believe that, but that, that's not exactly the case. Um, so, yeah, I, I come back and I was looking at things I wanted to do. And I, I, I mentioned to you before about uh, I'm already retired at this point, you know, and I, I wanted to just do some different jobs that um, I, I, my biggest thing was I had a lot of compassion about the homeless and I wanted to do stuff for homeless vets. And I was thinking of starting a nonprofit, but I didn't know maybe somebody in San Diego already had a really good nonprofit that I could just work for. Or, or somebody had a really good program that I could just kind of dovetail with my, my ideas. And so started looking around and I was in those neighborhoods and seeing the change. And, and I always tell people, it's like, you know, we talked about aging and kids being the, that, that measure of age. I, uh, you know, when you, you, you see a nephew and it's been like years and then you just see that massive He's amount of He's a man growth. now. Like what happened well, to this guy? it's been like six years. <laughs> well, yeah, it was the same thing. You know, seeing, you know, for those of you who had stayed there while I was gone for 23 years and saw it happen slowly, you know, you, you just kind of saw it incrementally move. And it's like that frog in the boiling water, right? You just keep turning it up, turning it up. And, uh, yeah, I, to me, it was like, no way. I've just been out serving my country, doing, uh, you know, besides just combat operations, a lot of humanitarian operations, seeing in third world countries the type of stuff that I'm seeing, you know, in the East Village. And I'm just like, no way, man. This is, this is not the America I just spent 23 years of my, best years of my life, you know, uh, out and about uh, around the world supporting to-, to Only just, to come back and see that it's yeah, the exact same as yeah, overseas. so what have these politicians been doing while I've been yeah. gone? You know, and it really was- uh, um, you know, it made me angry. Uh, I wanted to do something about it. So, you know, there I was looking to do some things with, with the homeless vets. And um, a friend of mine who was an old, he worked for the FBI and he was a, uh, he worked for me back in Hawaii. And uh, he said, hey, you should go be a patrol officer for a little while just to get to know the city. Get again. to know your community. Yeah, yeah. And, and another, another person said, you should, work, you should drive for Uber. That'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Both would accomplish that yeah. task, Larry. I, mean, I, didn't, I didn't like the Uber driver idea. But uh, I said, all right, well, let me check. Uh, I thought there was an age limit and there wasn't. <laughs> so I was 45. At that time, 45? Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. There's yeah. still time for us, Barry. We there can become is. police officers, <laughs> patrol officers. San Diego PD is hiring. They always are. Every oh. time we pass by CVPD, We're I feel so like it's yeah. for hire, for hire, hire. Who wants to be a cop nowadays? No, you know? too much backlash. Yeah. Nobody yeah. likes police officers. There's no more TJ Hooker on TV. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I, I come back and, um, you know, I, I signed up at 45, went to the academy. And I was one of the, I was, I think I was the oldest guy there. A couple other retired Marines there. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, it was interesting seeing these young people uh, joining the police department, you know, wanting to serve. It was, it was kind of cool. Bet yeah. you guys outworked those youngsters. Uh, yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> right? Yeah. But uh, it was, it was a good experience and, and I was only gonna do it for a couple of years, I thought, but really enjoyed it. You know, some amazing things happen almost every day uh, on the job. Some, some um, life-saving type things that, that make you, just really enjoy the work and, and the, the the thanks you get from people and um, and also you know being real as a lieutenant colonel in the Marine Corps that last few years I was in the office a lot and uh, I really action. loved the, not just the action but honestly having the windows down uh -huh. on the car some classic rock on and uh, and just driving around and people waving at you and stopping by to talk to people the manager of that shop or stopping in that restaurant whatever it might be it was just really cool just being out in the sun. Because uh, I would come in at dark and leave at dark from a, a building that had no windows, you know, a skiff, a sensitive compartment, an information facility. So it was a lot of that uh, going on the last few years of my life. So there I was uh, patrolling around. I was getting ready to get out. They asked me to do some, uh, to, to be on the SWAT team. 
SWAT team. Yeah, and I thought, at, well, at forty-five when you no, entered police. Well, that was forty-eight. Now, oh man, <laughs> yeah. So nobody had done the SWAT academy. I was going to ask, <laughs> how old do you age. have to? Is, there's no, no limits no, even for SWAT. If you can do it, you can do it, man. Nah, I like that. If you can do yeah. it, you can do it. Yeah. So I I went out there and did the I, and I told my wife I was I was married at that point and uh, told her you know hey this is my last thing that I'm really going to do. It's uh, I used to call it my last oorah. Yeah. The last <laughs> the last thing I'm going to do the last young man thing I'm going to I'm going to do. So uh, she was tolerating all the extra exercising and everything getting ready for it. And so I went through it and you know, bottles and bottles of Motrin and <laughs> calling my chiropractor who would see me at any time. Like, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. But I got through it and I was on the SWAT team for a couple of years. Look at you, man. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. Uh, but, you know, I was just realizing it's a young man's game uh, doing that. So uh, I volunteered to start training some of the new cops okay. coming through, um, you know, passing on some of my leadership and just the ability to talk to people. You know, the younger crew just don't, they, they, you know, text a little too much they just don't get into conversations with people so just teaching them that teaching them to be more respectful um you know that you are an ambassador for your city that you work for them you know that kind of stuff so try I feel to a lot of that on. is lost a lot of that is truly lost and i feel like yeah. that that's where their major disconnect is between yeah. the community and the police department yeah. one of our really good uh, close friends that we have here to the podcast and in real life lieutenant oyos works as at chulavis police department and we've had many conversations about yeah. that. It's like, what are you guys actively doing to connect, to bridge that gap with yeah. the police and the community? Yeah, we need to do a much better job of that. And I, I talk about that at some of the meet and greet events where I'm talking to people about, you know, the ways I want to reform the police department and whatnot. So people just think you, you're a cop and, you know, so you just are in line with the way the police department does stuff and, and you agree with it all. And not like not, not always the case. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, I already had come, I was older, you know, I came here with the, have running, having run my own organization. So... Um, yeah, you had real life experience, worldly yeah. experience that shaped your views and the way you approach yeah, situations. Yeah. Well, and there's great people in, in San Diego PD, or I wouldn't be working there. I mean, it's, it's full of some really good people that are uh, dedicating their life to service. You know, there's always no organization is as good as it can be. We can always tweak. There's it always tweaks it. available. Yeah. So, you know, there's uh, you know there's relationships with some of the underprivileged communities that we need to improve on. You know, big time. And I want to. I can't wait to tackle that, you know, and I'm friends with a lot of the community leaders in those neighborhoods and, um, you know, we're going to definitely take some awesome steps forward in, in fixing that relationship. It sounds like you've developed legitimate relationships with people in the community, you know, and, and we'll get to the politics side if you weren't even for mayor of San Diego, but you've developed by becoming join coming back from the military and jumping into law enforcement you've been boots on the ground in san diego you've seen yeah. it all you go to different hoods different community different barrios different little areas and you get to actually experience and and meet them yeah whereas i feel like some of our politicians really don't it's a yeah. facade it's like oh yeah. yes i'm from yeah. here and i do this and i do that and we do this yeah. but it seems like you're putting in the work well and because I'm, I'm not a politician yeah you know, for one there's that thing <laughs> yeah, there's that thing uh but yeah, there's this um, politicians looking to the last politician and that one looking to, on how they should act, how they should speak with their hands the right uh -huh. way, and, and always yelling at us like they're on the back of a train in the 1800s, yelling at a crowd, <laughs> you know. Uh, hear ye, hear ye. Yeah, it's really phony, phony stuff out there. And, and, and even just wearing the tight suits and the, you know, the moisturized hands. 
You know, no, no, no <laughs> the, so, the softest of hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the shine shoes, even going out to a disaster area like after the floods. It's, it's a bad look, man. It's, it's, that's a bad but look. They don't know any better. Yeah. I don't think they've ever had. A lot of them haven't had a real job, and that's what I'm alluding to. Yeah, it's like you've had real experience. Like it, it, real yeah. politician experience doesn't always just come from like, oh, I've shaken this hands. I've been to these community events. I've been to these fundraisers. I've yeah. been to these yeah. things. It's like, no, man, yeah. I've been to sites where you know emergency services are required. Yeah, where they things tell you are otherwise, needed to be done. Though. They think you got to have a resume where, you know, right out of high school, it's, you know, volunteered on this campaign. And then you went and uh, you finally work your way up to a paid position on some congressperson's staff. And, they, you know, then they finally pick you to run for school board. I've checked then, all the boxes. Yeah, look at me now. I'm ready for governor. I was yeah. the mayor of San Diego. And, oh, man. And, uh, you know, you, you could have left it in shambles, but... You know, it's just that those resume bullets. So anyway, that's not me. It's safe to say that politics was never in your scope. It was never. not even no, a no, blip no, on the radar. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. It's just the timing on this right now with uh, my children are so young and I got an awesome wife that, uh, you know, she, all, all, all the silly stuff and games that are going to happen or have happened already. Yeah. They're the little ones don't even know they're not. This is just a, a, a blip in their life. You know, they're not even going to remember. this. You mean it's not get. an easy journey to become mayor of a city. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's uh, it's insane the the level. There's so many billions of dollars at stake here to developers and everybody who needs a favor from the mayor. So it's like a uh, a lot of money, a lot of power, um, and I'm trying to go against it. So it's uh, I it's know a hard task a, swimming against the current like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. All the little games are playing already. Yeah, following me around, following my kids around with private eyes and. But they're young. You know, what are they following? I don't, your, oh, I don't know. Maybe they want to see a one year old. I wouldn't be able to hang with that, man. No, it's pretty creepy. I tell my friends yeah. that are, are throwing their hat in the political ring, like, what yeah. are you doing, bro? Yeah. Like, you're one, do your fam does your family yeah. support what you're truly doing? Because yeah. this is going to bring a lot of unnecessary attention to your day in and day out with <laughs> yeah. your family. Yeah. It's like, it, some, I'm it's picking hard. up my kids. Oh, yeah. look, at some, there's somebody following me. It is hard. And, I mean, it's been hard on my wife already, and we haven't even really started yet. You but know? the juice is worth the squeeze. Yeah. I mean, I'm... I'm I know that these there are solutions to these problems. I've seen them done in different places around the world. Uh, I have seen the impact of these chains that are tied to so many of these politicians with their big donors and the favors that they have to owe. And that's why these they ridiculous can't move policies, the way we need them to. Yeah, no, we need to just once in a while have a big old storm come in and just you know clean everything out. So that's this time, and we're you know the team I have of former city managers I was telling you about and, and some of these other folks that are the, the experts in these fields, we're ready to come in and just you know, clean house for four years, come in with a chainsaw and you know, just cut through the red tape and make it happen. And what is the number one priority right now in the oh. city of San Diego? You know, the humanitarian crisis with homelessness. That's, I don't know how you could say it's anything else. You know, you could talk about cost of living and all that, but those are humans that are on the street, you know, uh, being treated like cattle. And I'm not afraid to say that, and that's not an exaggeration. Seeing them moved uh, daily across invisible lines in the street, because on that side of the line, you're no longer in downtown. So that a politician can say, uh, yeah, we've reduced homelessness downtown. It, it's not, it's, uh, you know, I, I, I got to watch my mouth. You know, it really makes me mad, the, the way that humans are treated out there. So um, I'm friends with a lot of those homeless individuals, and uh you know, I've, I've met them out at their level on the street. You have relationships with them. That's, that's I, I crazy. Do. That's and, cool, And you man. should. Everyone yeah. should. They're just people. They, they're all unique individuals like, you know, everywhere else you go. And they've all got the different reasons why they got there. And, uh, you know, uh, they're, they're not all the nicest people. I mean, there's a criminal element amongst them. 
Uh, but most of them, you know, it's if we look back on our lives, I always think about the, you know, the party you, you didn't go to that it was probably good you didn't go or you didn't get in that car with those guys, you know, that kind of stuff. Looks There's like all, a missed opportunity at the time, but then you yeah, look back, yeah. you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. thank God I didn't go there. Yeah, you know, hey, try this, you know, all these yeah. things in life that um, you made the right decisions and other people made a bad choice and, and multiple bad choices or whatever. And, uh, you know, they're there now and we're here. In all reality, we live in San Diego. It's a very expensive place to live. Some yeah. people say it's the most expensive city in the United States currently. Yeah. We're all a few months away, a couple of yeah, bad yeah, months yeah. away from finding ourselves in a position yeah. where it's like, how did this happen? I had a house. Yeah. I had a job. I had a business. And now yeah. I'm struggling to pay rent. I'm struggling to feed yeah. my children. Yeah, it's a bad bad time financially. I mean, a lot of that, the mayor, you know, is not over. Some of it is, you know, but, uh, you know, with inflation and at the presidential level, the governor's level, the taxes on the gas and everything others they're, they're dumping on us. But you know, there's some things we can do on the financial side in San Diego that can really help put some some more green in everybody's pocket. And um, it's not too hard to do. And, and honestly, it kind of all comes back to homelessness. So, you know, for me, I, I always say that government at all levels, whether it's feds, state or, or the mayor, it's it's all about safety and infrastructure. That's it. Those, that's your bread and butter. You got to get safety and infrastructure right. Otherwise, nothing else matters. I mean, the other stuff's good. The uh, the painted intersections, the, the the nicer new libraries. We we need all that stuff. I'm not saying we don't, but you, they don't work right if you don't have a safe environment and and a good you know all the all the right infrastructure to support the businesses and everybody. So when I go around talking to people, it's just you know what's the grade San Diego gets on that? You know, and it's an F on both. So it doesn't matter the rest of it if you got an A and PE. You know, you got an A and uh, uh, I did good in auto shop. Right, exactly. No, no, no. This is the stuff that gets you into Stanford. You know, it's, yeah. the, it's the math and science classes. So, um, yeah, San Diego's just been failing uh, miserably there. So when we tackle homelessness, the homelessness crisis, I can tell you how, how we're going to do it, too. But um, when that happens, and it, it can happen in short order, too, when we get the right amount of shelter beds and the programs going, uh, you'll start seeing that police aren't responding to homeless calls all day long. I would tell you that 65 to 80%, it's really hard to get the number on it. They, they kind of hide some of the data with that. But about 65 to 80% of the calls for help in the downtown area have to do with homelessness. It's an overdose. It's some guys uh, using narcotics, selling narcotics. Um, you know, a, a naked guy with a machete. Those guys are the worst. That they are, yeah. Especially, uh, hopefully it's a dull machete, but it is it is bad. Um, so we're out there responding to that all day long, and that leads to those two-hour phone calls when you call for something you know, somebody burglarized your house or somebody stole your car and you're on hold for two hours. So just give up, hang up, and there it goes. Yeah. But that doesn't get filed away in the report. No. So never, it doesn't yeah, go. Most people don't even report that stuff. So when you hear about the, the decrease of crime, it's because. It's a shell game, Larry. Oh, it's a shell game, especially yeah. when you were mentioning about moving homelessness across that invisible line from one city to another jurisdiction. It's yeah. like, yeah, all of a sudden, homelessness is down here. Yeah. But over here, right across the bridge, yeah. boom. Right. And I know. Uh, the, Theo Bobby, he's always, he's, anytime I talk to him, that's the one thing he always brings up. Oh man, there's just a lot of homelessness and a lot yeah. of, a lot of things going on in front of our building yeah. and, and it's not safe and people yeah. don't want to go out. And it's true. It doesn't matter how beautiful the building is mm -hmm. in downtown San Diego or anywhere. If there's just that unknown of safety, Yeah. like my wife, we love going to Padre games. We're at a majority of the Padre games and I love parking next to an establishment called Bottle Rocket. Yeah. And, can, and it's a, you know, it's a nice little walk. It's about a mile walk from there to yeah. the game, but we, we like it yeah, until the, she told me, like, don't 
park over there and take the kids. There's just too much going on over there. Yeah. And it was right, right around the time that there was a, a, a naked machete-yielding man yeah. out there running around acting yeah. the fool. She's like, you can't take the boys over there and walk yeah. over there. It's like, you can take care of yourself, but if you got the boys, you yeah. know, it's going to yeah. be a little trickier. Right. Right. That all trickles down and becomes a reality. It does. And it, then a lot of people don't go to the Padre games. And right? there it is. And uh, a friend of mine who owns one of the really nice bars and restaurants that's right at the stadium on J Street, uh, you know, he's at the point where he's got to close. He's only been staying open the last couple of years just to make payroll. He's been breaking even, no profit. And uh, he makes profit from some of his other businesses. So he's just keeping it open just for that, just to keep the employees going. So, yeah, you know, businesses Realities. suffer. Yeah. Um, so many people flee in San Diego uh, and businesses closing down. Remember, you know, Lolita's, it was right there by the. Yeah. Stadium. Yeah, that's shut down. I know, that man. Was, that's crazy. You know, 60 or so employees gone. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, Family it, run business, 35 years plus in yeah, operations. Yeah. Started here in Chula Vista. Yeah. You know, decided to spread their wings and, and, and set up shop in, yeah. in a very popular location right there yeah. in the gas up next to Peco. Yeah. And I talked to them. I'm like, dude, just. There's just so much homelessness around here. People don't come in. Well, yeah, yeah. But they were afraid to say that publicly. You know, oh, it's yeah. always these other, you know, nobody wants other to get on the bad side of the politicians yeah. by saying the truth with it. But, you know, we're losing the, the Walmart. It's right by there. Uh, several other Walmarts. Target decided not to come in downtown. I mean, everybody knows about the Ritz-Carlton choosing not to come downtown. I was unaware. What's going on? Oh, the Ritz-Carlton? You yeah. About that? Oh, no. yeah. No, there's a lot downtown that, uh, by Market Street that uh, uh, they were going to build a Ritz-Carlton. I mean, that's a pretty nice hotel. Pretty soon, Barry's yeah. going to stop playing at the Tipsy Crow because it's too dangerous <laughs> for him to go down there and play. Now you'll still be there? All right. Back to you, Barry. <laughs> yeah, so uh, they decided not to come down here. Um, and uh, now it's looking like it's going to turn into a uh, uh, low-income housing kind of project there instead of a you know booming business that would have really brought a lot of people here. Um, yeah, I mentioned the, the Target downtown. It's it's going to be turning into uh, you know food desert downtown. There's only a few uh, remaining grocery stores if yeah. you live downtown and they're and they're i talk to them all the time as a police officer you know they are always hurting just with shoplifting and their staff getting threatened and and all that so um you know, we all pay the price with more groceries and more people want to leave because the cost of living increases because of that so how are you going to attack this how is oh, which one of those many problems yeah <laughs> we'll attack all of them but uh, as i was saying with the homeless issue when we get and i know we will in 180 days we will have the crisis 50 percent better and in doing so that'll free up the cops to be able to go and handle some of the real issues that are happening. They can go out into the areas where they know uh, crime is prevalent, where the, where the, the guns are, um, you know, be around the schools more to protect our kids, uh, enforce some of the traffic issues in those dangerous intersections where people die regularly. We are a dangerous city then, Larry? Uh, yes, yes. Very unsafe city. Very unsafe city. Yeah. So America's finest I, city, man. Oh, we, yeah, we haven't been there in a while, and it's sad. We, we should be. We should be the world's finest city. We have the potential to do it if we could just unleash it. So, um, you know, I want to be part of that. Just turning it around. Stop the clown car. Let's get out. And uh, let's start heading in the other direction. Because, uh, man, this is San Diego. You see Las Vegas doing so well? We're the eighth largest city. And I think they're the 28th. <laughs> you know, they got, the, they got NFL teams. They got the, I think the NHL team. They got a, a world championship hockey team. Yeah, they yeah they had the Super Bowl. They had the, uh, what's that big uh, theater, the uh, the Globe one that, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the big sphere. Yeah, the sphere, yeah. the sphere. They're, they're doing so well. They're in a position yeah, to say, you know desert. what? We don't want this Major League Baseball team to yeah. come to us. You guys yeah. can go to another city. Right. where We're, we're going to hold out and create our yeah. own team. That's how you know you're doing well. But you're in the desert. You're in the desert. And we got the beautiful beaches. Yeah. You know what I mean? So for us to not be doing at least as well as Vegas is, is a crime. You know, we should have 
team. We should have sports teams here. We should not have lost the Chargers. We should have the NBA team. You know, we should be doing all that. But, uh, you know, we should be having a better sports arena than we do. We should have uh, all that better infrastructure. Yes. All this stuff could happen. It really can. I mean, we can, I can, I can juggle several chainsaws at the same time. Uh, but these guys don't know how to start a chainsaw. To get, you to, get the, to get you to the point of juggling these chainsaws. Yeah. Sounds like a tricky game, man. It is. This, it is, is. this is such a, yeah. politics is crazy. Because yeah. as much as people, the commoners like myself from the outside looking in, it's like, oh, we need change. We need this. We need that. It's very difficult to yeah. actually come to the point of getting change. Yeah, for you to get the keys to the building, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to do it, it, it is. There is so many uh, you know, little steps along the way where you can do missteps and, um, you know, all the different paperwork you got to file. And it's, it, I, I don't recommend it to anybody unless you really want to do this. Um, like I said, I, I never wanted to do this. This is just something that uh, just I felt the demand uh, from inside of me that, that I had to step up and do it because I didn't see anybody else going to challenge this, this uh, mayor. How do we support your cause? First off is March 5th. March 5th in San Diego is that primary. And unfortunately, we have a lot of folks that don't understand how that works. And and, and no shame on that. But it's very confusing. And they think it's like the presidential election where the primary is just to pick the top Republican, the top Democrat. And if you're an independent, you'll just sneak through and make it to the election in November. That is not the case. So in San Diego, it's the top two vote getters for mayor go on the ballot for November. So there's no third party involved. No, you, if you don't Democrat. make it. Last it could be two, it Democrat, two Democrats. Yeah. yeah. It was Barbara Bree and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and Todd Gloria, two, two Democrats were on there. It doesn't matter your party. Uh, it's just two top two vote getters. So I've gone to countless meetings where the crowd is, yeah, we're, you know, in November, you're going to get our vote. I'm like, man, I need your vote in March 5th or, or there is no November. So, uh, you know, to be honest, that's the scariest part is the March 5th uh, is, is that, you know, I think that certain politicians like an electorate that isn't educated on that. I don't know why they don't come out with some P- I just cut a PSA yesterday that hopefully will go viral explaining how it works, you know, uh, that we really got to get you out there on, on uh, March 5th to, to vote for, for Turner or else uh, I'm not in there uh, in November. So of the people running right now, uh, you know, they're, they're nice folks and all, but I am I'm the only one that can beat them. And, and I'm, I'm positive of that. And I, I, it's it's, it's going to be a big victory for, for the people. And I tell them all the time, every time I go speak with them, it's my opportunity to do, um, you know, my interview with my new boss. You know, I'm going to work for you. I'm going to be your employee. And, and my ears are always open. My door's always open. You know, I'll be out and about in the community with boots on, not no shiny shoes. And, no shiny shoes. Yeah, and no, <laughs> no, no, no tight suits. Uh, so, yeah, it's just jeans and boots and and uh, getting out there and just getting it done. So once we get, we win in November, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's going to be great. It's, uh, we can turn this around fast. And, uh, you know, there's going to be some people that, uh, you know, might try to get in our way, but yeah, they better watch out. I'm a little hype, man. I'm getting hyped oh, I'm for this. Hyped, I, can't, I can't even you know? vote for you, and I'm, I'm yeah, hyped, man. I moved to San Diego. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, As a I, business owner in San Diego, we don't get votes, right? We don't, we don't get the, no, the it's, voting it's rights. The residents. Just yeah, strictly residents. residents. Right, right. Jeez, yeah. change and that when you're we've married. Got some, we've got some, some, <laughs> some council members need to go, but we got some, we got some that I can work with. I, I know of a couple of them that uh, you know they're just they're kind of under the thumb of a of a strong mayor form of government that we have in San Diego. It's a little different than some of the other cities that people don't get that they think you know it's like equal uh, branches of government, but it's not. Um, the city council has very little powers in San Diego. The mayor has almost, all almost the ultimate, power. Yeah, and we need to get rid of that too. I think that in, we did it in 2004, we changed it to this system because people weren't happy with the city manager system that they had. 
And uh, I'm not saying we go exactly back to that because there were some things, but there's some other cities that are doing it really well. Uh, you know, a, a um, uh, like a nice uh, merge of those. What's a good city to model ourselves after to, to, to get to that point? Well, I could just tell you where we have some good city managers uh, and a good, we have a good county manager in San Diego. The guy who's running uh, the, the manager for El Cajon, he does a good job. Um, our, some of our previous city managers, I know Jack McGrory was an awesome city manager. Uh, he's looking forward to come in when I win and, and uh, you know, help help us get the, the budget on track and, and, and doing the right thing. So, um, you know, there's some cities that have turned it around with, with the right form of government, but this, this strong mayor thing's got to go. Um, and not with all mayors, but some mayors can take advantage of it, and I think we've seen that here in these last three years. So uh, I'm, I'm anxious that in the first four years we put a ballot out there for people to, to change. I'm going to be giving up mayor power when I'm when I'm the mayor, uh, but it's right. It's the right that's thing weird, to do. you know. <laughs> well, it is. I, I, yeah. you know. Why is this mayor doing this? Yeah, yeah. Well, even if I don't like all the people on the city council, they need to have more power. There needs to be a balance of power, and I've seen them uh, fall prey to they need things in their district, and so they got to go along with the mayor's plan on some things that just don't make sense. And you see them do you it. Got to dance. You go to those city council meetings, and you're like, why is this person who must be smart or at least of average intelligence? And they're going along with this thing. They've just, this housing 2.0 thing they passed in San Diego. I don't know if you saw that, but they, they, it was to get more affordable housing. And in it, uh, they, they, they said that all these buildings that get built, uh, a certain percentage of the, of the apartments in these buildings need to be affordable. But get this, they put in there a caveat that the builder, he can build the poor people's places up to three miles away. Oh, geez. Right? So there's a pool, there's a barbecue grill, and there's those amenities, right? Um, but but the, the people that make less money, they're, they're up to three miles away. Uh, so there's a segregation kind of. And you know that some of these, these uh, city council members, they, they just had to go along with it. They had they to go. Because they, they have something coming out later they that need, they really need support. Well, they need infrastructure yeah. in their, in their yeah. neighborhood or whatever. Yeah, man. And, 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 you know, for me, their district is my district, right? My district is San Diego. So to hold it over their head, some threats of, I'm not going to put this in your, your people are going to suffer. Well, they're my people. District nine is my people. District four is my people. Everybody in San Diego. Everybody is my in San people. Diego is you. Yeah, and that's a crazy little map setup because you oh guys God, have. Yeah, it's all goofy. San Isidro. Yeah. And Imperial. No, no, not Imperial. No, no, San Isidro. Yeah, so yeah. but you guys are kind of spread out all throughout San Diego County. It, it's a goofy map when you look at, it. and then there's this weird line that goes all the way up so that we could keep keep the uh, uh, Safari Park as there part of San Diego <laughs> all the way up in you know Escondido. It's a it's a nutty map, but uh, but yeah, it's, it's it up. covers a lot of different people, a lot of different. Uh, uh, spirits and you know in the in the different communities different types of cultures it's it's awesome so uh you know that's another thing too with with being mayor is is listening to those communities on what they want in their community instead of you know having gone away to sacramento and serve up there or whatever and, and losing touch with the people one is the best ideas come out of the communities for sure you know your community yeah. you've lived there forever uh maybe your third fourth generation there you got a business there who, who am I as the mayor to come in there and tell you we're going to do this in your neighborhood? This isn't going to work here. We're going to do this. Yeah. It's like, wait a do, second, but we're from that's here. We know all the time yeah. in San Diego. And it's, it's ridiculous. They have these groups in San Diego, these uh, uh, planning committees, uh, these planning groups, and they're elected positions in a neighborhood to kind of come up with ideas on how the, the, the neighborhood's going to grow or changes. And, um, and, and the mayor doesn't like it when they oppose him on his ideas of building some new high rise in their neighborhood <laughs> or whatever. So he's just getting ready. He's going to disband them. And he wants to have his own people fill those those seats. So that's the kind of stuff that's going on. This undemocratic type activity there, this power grab 
Um, You're ready for this, huh? Oh, heck yeah. Look at you. Yeah. You're getting hyped up just, oh, I'm just still, talking yeah, about I it. Love it. You need to interrupt me and ask me a question to like, let me cool down. Yeah, okay. <laughs> is there a post-mayor post political goal for you, or is no. this the goal? Yeah, well, here's, let me tell you. I will owe the police department nine months to retire when I get elected mayor. So I'm going back to patrol. Nine months patrol yep, after you're it. done with yeah, your tenure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, man, that's, yeah. a, that's a community-driven folk right there. Oh, I yeah. want my retirement with the police department, right? <laughs> <laughs> You, you yeah. earned it. Yeah, you got to yeah. get it. No, we got to change some of the retirement plans, too, though. These, these elected officials, you know, they'll talk about how much they make, which looks like a fair amount compared to other big cities. But man, they've got some juicy pensions for only doing, you know, a short term in that's a whole public service. That's a whole different the episode. The rest of their man. lives, they that's get some massive money. That's a whole different episode right yeah, there, Yeah, we're going to kill that. Yeah. <laughs> You're running as an independent. That's right. That's a tricky game in itself. Yeah, yeah. Republican, you, Democrat, yeah. independent. Yeah. What are some of the common misnomers of running under uh, independent? Yeah, a lot of people think you're just this lukewarm person in the middle who couldn't decide what you wanted to be when you grow up, you know? But I'll tell you how I got there was, uh, you know, I mentioned my Marine Corps leadership time and, and as a young lieutenant, one of the things that was brought up, and you'll hear this from some, some really good journalists too, that they try not to join a party because you want to stay independent. And, and, and for a journalist, it's good because you can write articles and people don't think you had your sway one way or the other. Uh, I've even heard some journalists say that they don't vote. I don't know, you know, but I vote. <laughs> I believe but, it. But for me, it was, if I was going to take these guys and gals into combat, uh, you know, I wanted it to be where if it was Obama or it was George Bush or whoever, you know, it wasn't, they didn't look at me as their leader and think, well, yeah, you know, Turner thinks it's a good idea because it's his party is, you know, he likes Bush or he likes Obama. And so it's no guys, I'm, I'm an independent, never talk about politics. Never, you know, I, I'm still, I got some great ideas on, on things that are from the right and from the left and I've voted both ways. And, um, I just find it so, so, you know, so much freedom in not being tied to a party. There's like this blind uh, party, you know, um, uh, affiliation that people just say, well, I'm a this or I'm a that. And you got to go, dude, what have they done for you? For you sure. Know? What have they done for you? Uh, uh, one party might be a little bit more of the types of ideas you have than the other or a lot more than the other. And, and, and that's fine. But still at the end of the day, if you get to these machines that keep force feeding us politician after politician that's not one of us some of its family tradition i've noticed too a lot of yeah. it is just like you know my family's always been democrat so i think we're just yeah. going to continue to vote in this yeah. my family's always been republicans so i feel we're just going to continue to vote in this yeah yeah but you know just as long as you don't follow it blindly that's mm -hmm. all you know look at the person There's a lot of that too look at what they stand for uh don't just get the uh, democrat or republican mailer that says who you should vote for and then just go down you know, and scribble the, the lines like a, you know, your crayon and your, with your coloring book kind of thing. You got to just put some thought into it. Just, just a little bit, at least listen to the, each person, listen to my, my, uh, you know, opponents, listen to all of them. You know, if you like them better, vote for them. I, you know, if you like the way the city's being run right now, <laughs> keep, 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 keep the don't, same. don't vote for me. If you <laughs> like it the way it is, uh, cause it's not going to be the way it is anymore. There's a lot of, uh, of that media determined too. Like you bring up if you like the way things are, because people are fed a certain image of what things are right now, yeah. and they'll believe that things are oh my God. on the up and up. Things yeah. are very nice as, a, yeah. as it relates to San Diego. Yeah, I'm sure there's some psychology thing to that where you, if you hear it enough, you start thinking there's something wrong with your eyes and ears and nose. I mean, you're walking around smelling urine, stepping over humans, stepping in human poop, uh, seeing the needles and the fentanyl foils. on the And, and then the news says, no, crime's decreasing, and, and, and the mayor has reduced homelessness in the downtown area and uh you know 
you think after a while you hear it so much. And the mayor does a st- state of the city address where he talks about how great it is and, and, and all the accomplishments. And you know, maybe after a while you hear it so much, you start, stop believing yourself. But I tell people, just believe your eyes. In my TV commercials, I don't have the money to run the TV commercials. I would if I was a Republican or Democrat. There you, are. you know, They yeah. got the money they for it. They got the backing for you. Yeah, but I don't need it. I, I tell everybody, the TV commercials, look out your window. That's, that's my TV commercial. When you're walking the dog, or if you're not walking the dog because you don't feel safe walking around uh, downtown anymore. Um, you know, I, I just look at the city. If you like it this way, don't vote for me. I, I Please, because you will be disappointed. It's going to be a much better city when I win. So, so what is that homelessness plan? Yeah, so, you know, on, on the homelessness, I've talked before about e- each of them as an individual, and we got to get to know them. we gotta, we got to give them that opportunity to be heard. And, uh, and part of my strategy is to have that. But I'll talk about that in a minute. But if I had to lump them all into, into three categories, uh, the three categories that I, I think make the most sense is the have-nots, the can-nots, and the will-nots. And the, the have-nots is the easiest group to deal with out of that. And that's the ones who, for some financial reasons, um, a divorce or a business, went out of business, lost their job. Maybe there's a little bit of a chemical. Maybe there's a small uh, mental health issue that's going on. Uh, whatever it might be, they're, they're on the street. They're the easiest to plug back into normal society. They haven't been out there for very long. Uh, they know how to work. They have a job skill, whatever it might be. And we can, we can help them get back uh, into normal life with some life skills, you know, maybe teaching them how to balance a checkbook, you know, get them better job training. So, you know, maybe they have some plumber skills, get, help them become like a master plumber, you know, get a, get a little bit better paying job, help them with daycare, uh, whatever it might be, you know, get, helping them out with first and last month's rent, maybe even helping them out with a few extra hundred bucks for a little while. Yeah, every month to just kind of help ends make ends meet. That is so much better than being on the street. Oh, for sure. And the longer you're out there, you get, you know, we talk about institutionalized in prison. You get institutionalized on the street bad. It's um, the longer you're out there, the more you are a victim of violent crime, of sexual assault, of human trafficking, um, and and then self-medicating with the narcotics on the street. If you weren't already an addict, and that's not the reason that you came out there, you turn to that. I know people who... You know, went to meth to stay awake at night because they were tired of getting curb stomped uh, or to stay warm, Jeez. you know. So anyway, we got to get those people, those have-nots uh, off the street as fast as we can. And, uh, and They're the most vulnerable. They are, but they're also the easiest to save. And the longer every week they're out there, they're going to have more PTSD. They're going to have just, you know, uh, more injuries, whatever it is. So we got to get them off fast. Uh, I'll go a step further on them. We need to identify them before they even get there. We need to have an awesome intelligence network out there of, of social workers, far more robust than what we have now. People say, well, we try to do that. But, I mean, whatever we're doing, we need to do it 10 times better for starters and, and really get to know who is about to become homeless and never allow them to become homeless. Even Like I said, even if it takes a few extra hundred bucks a month uh, you know, from taxpayers to keep that, it saves us a lot of money, but also it's the right thing to do. You know, That's, that's the kind of San Diego that I want is, is we got a big heart and we want to help these people. You know? So that's the have-nots. I'll try to keep that short. <laughs> There's a lot more stuff we can do for them. And then with the, the, the cannots, uh, that's where the tough love comes in. Those are people that have some chemical addiction, alcohol, fentanyl, uh, whatever it is. They've they got some mental health issues. Um, and those people do not want help. They just don't. Yeah, we could, I've talked to them, thousands of them. And, and as much as I offer them some services, they're not going to take it. But I'm going to tell you this. I'll, I'll, I'll sum it up in a, a really easy story. There was a woman on the Coronado Bridge jumping off one day and I went over there and my partner and I um, trying to talk her back and she just kept going off a little further a little further and uh, believe it or not it's a um, it's, we kind of went against policy in doing this you, you, we went over to grab her and um, uh, which it, it's just there's a 
belief that sometimes you get pulled over too. So they don't like you to do that. But uh, we, we knew we could, we could get her. Uh, it was another friend of mine from the SWAT team. And uh, went over there and, and got a hold of her. And just as she was, her last three fingers were on this little nut there. Uh, and she was about to slip off and fall right there into Logan. She wasn't over the ocean yet. She was, she stopped her before she, she got that far. So um, grabbed her, pulled her up and I recognize her. And I had, I had dealt with her years before, arrested her numerous times, um, really bad meth addict who had, and I knew her life story because her, her ex-husband had shared with me all the troubles that she had gone through. So, you know, she had been committing suicide for years, slowly. Yeah. And I see these people on the street and that's what they're doing. And we've got to help them. It is not humane to leave them out there. And people that say they have a right to be out there, uh, no, they just, they don't. And, and it, it, compassion requires action. And we got to have the action to go out there and, and pull them off the bridge. It's the same thing pulling them off the sidewalk. We got to get them off the sidewalk. They're victims of violent crime every day. I'm driving by and they're bleeding and I stop to help them and they don't, they're not going to report, you know, they're not going to rat out anybody. Um, but I got to get an ambulance there to help them out. It, it's happening all the time. Um, and, and we just got to get them off the street and we need to have a, a very clean, safe, uh, humanitarian, uh, you know, shelter system for these people. Um, and, and I, I got a plan for that. I could talk about too, but it's, it's not just, that's their end point. Now you have your shelter bed and we're done with you. Like it is now these parking lots with a pup tent, you know, that's, gonna, that's not, that's, it. that's yeah, not, yeah. It. it's gotta be the first step of many. It's a process. It is. And, and we got to put the money and time in, but man, we're the richest country in the history of the world. We're the richest uh, state. Uh, and we're one of the richest cities ever in the that's history on, of the world. That's on paper. Well, dude, I mean, these guys are running up our credit cards and running us in debt, and, uh, but we can fix that. We're going to have the money to do it. I'll tell you this. They spent over, I think it's been $3 billion in the last several years on homelessness, and it's gotten worse. How's that happen? That's, yes, I wanna, the math is not mathing on that well, one, man. And, and I want to go there with my calculator <laughs> and my accountants and open those books and see what's going on because I know we can find savings there. Let me just tell you, when they look at, uh, and I'll get back to the have-nots, can-nots, and will-nots, they go and buy these Motel 6s to turn into a shelter or a home for these people. And they're paying 600 to 800 grand for a room, right? We could get a, you could get a condo down here, right? A real one, not a Motel 6 room, but with a nice kitchen and everything, right? Um, they're spending money on these, these, uh, these camps, these parking lots. I call them the empty promise parking lots, where it's like 4,500 bucks a month for a person to stay there in a tent what? on the asphalt, get eating Pop-Tarts. Dude, there's a lot of money that's getting spent that just needs to get looked at. Frivolous and, spending. Well, it's not your. It's not their money. No, right. When it's your and my money. Uh, oh, we're, we're a little. I just more, canceled yeah. a subscription to something uh, yesterday, you know, because it's like yeah, it was another hundred bucks. I, I just didn't. I had spend. two Netflix, Larry. I had no idea. I had two Netflix accounts, and now then I found one. I was like, I got to yeah. get rid of this, and yeah. all of a sudden things are good again. Yeah, you got to keep your. You know, it's, all of us do that as adults. Accountability. Yeah, right? yeah. but it's other people's money, and they. It's uh, you know, we used to joke about. Uh, we used to say spending like a drunk sailor on payday. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like, they're just, it's, it's, there's no accountability. And, uh, I want to go in there and crack those books open, but there's money for it. I also know of donors, big time donors that want to help us with this, uh, solution because they want to make San Diego that, uh, example that the rest of the country sees as far as change. You know, we see all of the, the West coast cities that, that are the ones that, you know, we all go to Portland, Seattle, San Francisco, but, um, they're just too far gone right now. But we can turn San Diego around. They know that too. We can't get there. We, we can't get well, to that level, man. No, no, we won't though. We, we, we just can't. We won't. It saddens won't. me to, to see some of these cities yeah. that I grew up going and visiting. I know. San Francisco, San Francisco was Seattle, awesome. Yeah. And now wifey yeah. and I were like, we, we can't take our kids up yeah. there. No, I had family from Portland even. I went there as a kid, you know. But we're not going to be there. 
I am, I'm confident we're going to win right. uh, in November and turn this around. So getting back to the, uh, uh, the will nuts, you know, that's that group of that, that hardcore criminal element that's, uh, that's out there on the street that hides amongst them. They hide in the tents. Um, used to be easy to get those guys. You know, we would look at those. They all, almost all of them have felony warrants. They're wanted by the parole officer. And uh, we go out there and get them, but they're all able to hang out in their tents and we can't find them. So once we get their customer base and their victims off the street, you know, we can put them in jail. Um, but most of them are going to flee. They're going to go to another city. There's less, they have less of a customer base. Um, they, they are not going to have as many uh, fentanyl purchasers, as many people to sexually assault. And uh, they can, you know, good riddance, get out of here. Go that all happens else. on a nightly basis down oh, here. Oh, yeah, it does. You hear the screams all the time, and nobody wants to report it. But I'll tell you what, here's the bigger part. I mentioned to you, you know, off, off camera, the deal, we got to work with all the mayors. And, and it, it, I laughed about this summit they had of all the mayors in the county. I think it was four months ago, something like that. And they, they all got together, spent time together to write a letter that they all signed saying that they will get together again to come up with some solutions someday about homelessness. I mean, that was, that was, that was the accomplishment. They all pat themselves on the back. But we can do this right away because <laughs> I don't want to solve it just in San Diego. And then you have people suffering here. And then the ones, you know, that, that leave San Diego because they won't accept our choice. Because they're, they're not going to have it. It's, it's go to our, our program. That's it. You know, um, if not, you gotta, you got to have to leave the city. They're going to go into Chula Vista if your mayor isn't on board with a plan similar to that, you know. Don't bring that want, trouble no, on us, Larry. I don't what want is... that to happen. I, I want it to be a county-led solution. I really do. There's a, you know, and they're all humans, whether they're La Mesa, wherever they're Indeed. at. But, you know, a city like La Mesa, they got 50 homeless on their last homeless count. You know, it's going to be 500 if their mayor doesn't, you know, stick in line with the same kind of a plan uh, that we're doing. So, you know, I want to solve it in our county. I think that would be a great example to, you know, all the other cities in, in the nation that are having this problem. You know, they can say, hey, what are those common sense ideas that you guys are doing in San Diego that made such a difference? Your businesses, we're filling the convention center, the hotels are full, the restaurants are full. The blueprint is working. Heck yeah. And then, you know, we get pro teams back here, businesses, we go up to Silicon Valley and poach all those businesses that are wanting to run down to Texas because they're tired of the... The silliness coming out well, of Sacramento. Vista, we were in the running for some nice, uh, you heard, know, and then all of a sudden it just disappeared on us. And you know what? Let me just tell you something. Of course, I'd be the San Diego mayor. But if you guys got, you know, an Amazon yeah. campus uh, or Google something, man, San Diego makes out on that too, right? Everybody wins. Yes. And we're all competing against each other on some of this, but everybody will win. There'll be San Diegans who are working at that facility. Yeah. You know, you guys, you guys will get some more tax dollars from it. But if I don't have the land for it in San Diego, yeah, hey, call up our friends down in Chula Vista. Man, I'd love to have a protein. If we can't fit you in San Diego, I'll fit you over here. You know, you're still the, you know, so what, what is it? All these pro teams that don't really play in the city. Uh, but, man, we're all going to make out. It, it's the whole county is really, as San Diego leads, the whole county kind of follows. So you can elect whoever you want in, in Oceanside and, um, you know, Carlsbad and all that. But really, we got to get our stuff together in the city of San Diego to really get the whole county going the right direction. So, you know, like I said, the have-nots, we can fix those people pretty easy, those cannots. Quickly. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get them uh, the treatment that they need and a pathway to finally getting out on their own. And there's some really good diamonds in the rough out there. There's some, there's some good people. I'm friends with some of them that have been out there and been heroin addicts. And they're now, you know, awesome people that are making I love that you've developed relationships with these guys. Those are the people to talk to about what worked. You know, not... Not uh, necessarily academia, 
you know, who have yeah. studied at the campus and written papers on it. Yeah. And, and don't Sometimes know it's the people. age old question is like, okay, did you read it in a book yeah. or did you see it in the streets? Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, I think you need a healthy balance of both of them, yeah. but we're, for what you're trying to accomplish, boots on the ground, yeah. meeting these people directly, building relationships. Yeah. That is the key to success to it get is. it done. It is. Yeah. Um, you really got to get out there and talk to them and not be afraid of them. And they're just normal people. And um, I almost always have some videographer hanging out with me because uh, I'll go talk to these people every day. And uh, you know, one, one of my staff on the campaign, was, you know, hey, uh, what did you do yesterday? Oh, I went and did this. Why didn't you call us to come with you? And, and every day I'm kind of doing stuff that they wish they would have they would have come Been around and, and talking. All right, we'll, we'll come with me tomorrow. So yesterday I go to an area and uh, this gal on my team, she'll laugh when she hears this. I won't say her name, but. You know, she's always scared of these people, you know, and it's like, no, they're just, they're just regular people. Let's just go talk to them. So there's a bunch of tents over there and just walk up and, hey, what's going on, guys? How can we help you? What? You're popping in tents, Larry. Yeah. Yeah. You're going in there. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's just getting to know them. And I ask them all the same question. What is it going to take for you? you know, what do you need? And you, you get some different answers from them also. These cookie cutter approaches that lazy politicians do to, you know, oh, let me tell one, you something. One size fits all mentality. Oh my God. You know, just to tell you the type of planners that we have uh you know these ice fishing tents right they purchased ice fishing yes. tents that would sound like it's a warmer than average tent wouldn't it <laughs> i mean if it's for ice it's fishing ice i would assume yeah but they're made to have a stove in it and so they have a hole on the top where the heat escapes you know and the rain can come through yes so if you'll notice driving on the highway all of these very expensive ice fishing tents are actually colder for the people inside than a regular kmart tent and so they all have tarps over them. Uh, now you'll see like some, you know, rigged, duct taped, you know, tarp to cover the hole on top. But according the to their thing. studies, it says that this is the best approach. It's just people that never ice fished, yeah. right? <laughs> uh, but they, it sounded good at the time. So it's a lot of just icing over, you know, a crap cake. See, I didn't use any bad words. You, you could have yeah. said shit. That would have been uh, fine. Oh, <laughs> gosh darn it. Gosh darn it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I always say you could have probably found some Eagle Scouts. They would have come up with a better plan than these guys, you know. And I don't know if, did you hear about the United Nations representative that was down here uh, a week oh, ago now? no, what happened? So this guy, he is, he is the one responsible for the overseeing of all of these um, refugee camps around the world, all right? So they came here and said ours were substandard to the way the United Nations runs refugee oh. camps in third world countries. And the mayor wouldn't even meet with this guy. Nobody from the, the, the city. He put out a big report on it. You can, you can Google it and find it. And, uh, you know, it just it hardly even got any news, right? You didn't even hear about it. I did not hear yeah, about it. He was that. down here. He had a press conference. Hardly anybody shows Substandard up. Substandard you know. living as it relates to yeah, their standards. You know, like, so these camps in Pakistan yes. and all around the world. Yeah. It, uh, it was too dense. Uh, it was, you know, um, the, the calories that they get, they get less than the, I think it's 1,500 calories the average human needs to just not lose weight. Uh, Wait a second! I got to write this down. How many yeah. calories do I need well, to lose weight? It depends weight? on your, you know, right. your activities. Fifteen hundred calories. Write, write that down there, Barry. Yeah. So these guys were getting less than that. Mm -hmm. um, at, and then the excuse was made with the city. Well, you know, some of them might get some uh, uh, government aid for purchasing food that they would lose if it was found out that they were getting this free food. Well, I mean, maybe we just don't tell anybody and we give them some good food. So giving them a pop tart is is not in sodas you know that's that's just not, not the way no and, and a tent that wasn't made to stay warm yeah. with a hole in the top with no stove in it yeah. yeah right in the middle of our rainy season exactly yeah so we don't we definitely don't have the professionals running the show 
And, uh, you know, I'm not saying that I am the professional. And, but, but I'm what a you are saying, it's along. minor tweaks. Oh, yeah. It's not it's not a major complete overhaul yeah. of the way things are currently done in San Diego. Yeah. It's just addressing yeah. these needs and yeah. just tweaking them in a way that makes more sense. And, and I, it all comes down to the whole thing that grandma or grandpa used to say about you got one mouth and two ears so you can mm. listen twice as much as you talk. And these guys don't listen. They don't listen and they have bad advisors. They don't pick the right people on their team. You know, uh, we were talking earlier about, you know, just being yes men. Yes. Yeah, great idea, sir. Yeah. I worked for an admiral for a little while. Uh, we were good friends. And uh, I remember him being at my house barbecuing one time. And uh, he said that when he first put a star on, you know, he's an admiral. He's not a Navy captain anymore. He's st- that this older, like, three-star admiral told him, you know what? Um, you are not funnier, sexier, or smarter now that you got that star on. But you're going to think it because everyone's going to laugh at your jokes now because you're the big boss man. You're the admiral, <laughs> right? All, you know, all these women are going to think you're, you're more attractive now. Oh, he's an admiral. Oh, the you stars know, do this. Your, I need to all get, of your ideas. Get a star, dog. Yeah. Some stars. Yeah. But that's the thing that these politicians, I, I think they forget that. Like, um, you know, I, I remember there was a politician who, who ended up um, resigning over some scandals not that long ago at the county level. And uh, I was sitting in a meeting and uh, everybody's just giggling away at all of his, you know, dumb little jokes. And um, it's, it's, it really can go to your head to some people. So you got to get some people around that are not afraid to tell you, you know, the emperor has no clothes. Yes, men are dangerous people. Yeah. Yes, men are dangerous, you know, well, dangerous, dangerous for the city. Yeah. Look at what's happening right now. So um, I've got people who every day say, Larry, um, don't think you're going down the right path on this one. We need okay. to tweak that a little and bit. And you listen to this. Heck yeah. I, okay. I'm thick skinned on it. I, I want that. I would, if everybody in the room's agreeing with me, I'm going to, uh, you know, we got to find somebody that doesn't. There's an issue. <laughs> gotta, yeah, yeah. There's no way, uh, you know, the perfect idea is coming out of my mouth. I, I'm taking it from everybody that's in the room. But if we're going down a path, we got to have, uh, you know, at least one or two people in there that are going to be the contrarians on it and say, hey, you know, this is why we think we should go this other way. You need a devil's advocate. Always, somebody that's always. just there to question and say, yeah. you know what, that's a good idea. But what if yeah. we did yeah. it like this? Right. Or what if this happens by doing it your way? Right on. So, um, you know, if I was going to give some advice to any of the politicians out there, I'd say uh, really look at your staff. That makes a huge difference in who you're listening to. Ed Koch, you know, he wasn't you know, I don't, uh, a huge fan of him being as a mayor, but one of the things I do know that he did that I'm a fan of is he'd, dry, he'd walk around, walk around, drive around, they'd drop him off, he'd walk around different neighborhoods in New York. And he'd always just ask people, how am I, how am I doing? How am I oh, doing? man. He might not have gotten a good answer, <laughs> but that hot dog <laughs> vendor, that hot dog vendor would just be like, yeah, you suck. He'd get that answer sometimes, but it's cool. You got to just have that. They didn't have Twitter back then, so he needed to just walk This is real-life Twitter. Real-life Twitter, yeah. Now we don't have to go anywhere. You can stay in your apartment and just oh, man. read what people think about Or you. not read it. Yeah, yeah. There's too much reading on that. You, get, you know, listening to all the people that love you or hate you. So, um, you know, it's just good to go out and talk to real people, not just those that are that are uh, posting all the time. We wish you luck, sir. Thank you so much. We wish you luck on your great, great campaign that's coming ahead. Yeah, looking forward Take to it. Take care of your family. I will. Don't read the comments. I would. I would. I always tell people, don't read the comments. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it, it might not be the best thing, but it yeah. seems like you want to face this face head on. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. Larry Turner for mayor. LT4SD. These are the places we will be promoting, pushing this forward as uh, the days come march 5th is right around the corner it is march 5th is right around the corner please get out there no matter who you're going to vote for you got to vote for and mayor it's the top two vote getters it's very important that you remember that it's not just by party it's the top two vote getters regardless of party learned a lot today barry i hope you're paying attention